Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Listen, I am honored to be here, and I'm going to stop calling myself a guest speaker. I'm a family member, and uh, I'm like that crazy cousin that just shows up. How many have one of those, right? Invited or uninvited, they just turn up sometimes, and I feel like that, and I love being here, and I love your pastors, Al and Chrissy. They are not only examples to me, but they've just been such an inspiration, to be honest with you. I, I really look up to them, uh, not just pastorally, but I look up to them uh, as a husband and a wife, as a mother and a father, and they just lead godly, exemplary lives. And, you know, the Bible says that we are to show gratitude to our leaders. We are to pray for our leaders. Come on, anybody appreciate Pastor Al and Chrissy Toledo? Come on, put your hands together for them. And, you know, I also just want to say really quickly that, you know, whenever you walk in here on a Sunday morning, there are volunteers that are helping with the kids, that are greeting people at the doors, that are putting things on seats, that are setting up the patio out there, that are playing instruments. And I've just realized in my journey that anytime you experience a blessing publicly, it's usually because somebody has sacrificed privately. And this house would not be this house without the volunteers, without the leaders, without the staff. So can we put our hands together one more time and just appreciate them as well? Well, listen, we're going to have fun this morning, and I believe that church is a place not to be endured, but to be enjoyed. And the Bible gives us a, a clear example that we'd have a spirit of gladness in receiving what it is that God has for us this morning, and I think that's going to happen. And we're going to jump into the Bible here in just a minute. Uh, I'm so happy to have my wife with me as well. She's actually coming to the second service. She slept in because she's not as spiritual as me. And uh, our kids are with the grandparents, and that is always a blessing. And uh, I was at the hotel this morning eating breakfast uh, here in the city. And I had my Bible out, I was reading it, and the waitress came up to me and she asked me if I was a Christian and we started having a conversation and her name was Maria. And she talked to me about how, you know, she's a believer but she has to work on Sundays so she's looking for a midweek service. I said, Tuesday night prayer meeting right here at Chicago Tabernacle. And she's coming this Tuesday night, okay? And it was funny, I was talking to her and I asked her, or she asked me, she said, are there any Spanish-speaking people at that church? I said, a few, there's a few. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she's excited to come. And uh, you know, we should always be inviting people to church, just like Olivia said, always be inviting people to church. If you wanna add a little bit of excitement to your Christian life, just start inviting people on Sunday, inviting people on Tuesday, and watch and see what happens. And it was amazing, I was talking to the waitress, Maria, and then I began to walk out of the restaurant back up to my room. As I'm walking out of the restaurant, there was another guy sitting in the corner of the restaurant, and he stands up, he says, hey, how you doing? He goes, my name's Steve, and he shook my hand, he goes, he goes, I overheard you talking to the waitress over there. He goes, I'm a Christian too. <laughs> and he began to tell me that he had just returned from Ukraine, and he was over there giving medical relief, he was a doctor, he was a Christian, and he was just asking about the church I was a part of here, and said, I wanna pray for you, and I said, oh my gosh, this is so kind, you know? And I go up to my room, I take a shower, I walk out of the room, I'm not kidding you, I walk out of the room, as I'm walking out of my room, the guy that just got back from you, he walks out of the room right next to me. 520 rooms in this hotel, he's in the room right next to me. How many know God has his people everywhere? It's unbelievable. Well listen, I believe that we're gonna hear from the Lord this morning. I'm gonna ask you one more time, would you just stand to your feet for the reading of the word, and I'm not doing this to be traditional, 
I'm doing this so we don't fall asleep while we read the Bible, okay? I don't know how late you were out last night. And I want to read two simple verses to you that I believe are gonna be profound if you allow the Lord just to apply them to your life. And the, the title of this message is simply How to Hear from God. How to Hear from God. And I wanna read this uh, out of the book of Habakkuk, chapter two, verse one. Habakkuk, and if you're here and you're pregnant and you're about to have a baby, you're looking for a baby name, great suggestion. I'm just saying, Habakkuk, all right? And this was a, a prophet uh, in the Old Testament who at the time, there was incredible political turmoil there was social unrest, there was immorality everywhere. Sound familiar? And this guy, Habakkuk, said, I really need to hear something from the Lord. And we'll get into his story, but it simply says this in chapter two, verse one. It says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says. I will wait to see what the Lord says says. How many people here by a show of hands have at least one area of your life where it's like you have no idea what's going on? I mean, come on, just be honest. Listen, we're in church, okay? You're like, I need to hear something from God. I have encouragement for you. Listen to this. Proverbs 8, 34 says this. Blessed are those who listen to me. Blessed are those who listen to me. And I believe right now every single person that's watching online, every single person that's here in this building, all the people in Philadelphia that we're praying for, I believe that God still speaks. Is anybody with me today? Come on, is anybody with me today that God in heaven can still speak to you? So come on, if you believe that, why don't you just lift your hands one more time and just pray with me. Come on, lift them high to heaven. Jesus, we thank you. We didn't come here for church. We didn't come here to hear a message. We didn't come here to sing a song. We came here to hear from heaven. Lord, you see what's going on in our life. You see the questions and the problems and the difficulties and the tears at night and the family members and what's happening. And God, I just pray that you would speak to your people this morning. We have faith for it as a family, and we pray this together in the only name worth praying to, the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together one more time. Listen, before you sit down, do you, do you like who you're standing next to? Do you like who you're standing next to? If you wanna move, this is your last chance, okay? I'm kidding. Listen, why don't you give away about two or three high fives, say happy Sunday, and just take a seat, okay? I have a quick question for you. I'm very curious, in a room of this size, how many of you have ever been driving a car or in the car with somebody else while they were driving and have been pulled over by the police. Just lift your hands. If that's ever happened to your entire life. Got it, whole church full of criminals. <laughs> I remember the very first time that I was pulled over by the police. I was 16 years old. I was speeding through the cornfields of Indiana where I grew up and like a typical teenager, I was in the car and I had my music turned up really loud. And the louder the music went, the, the louder the music was up, the faster that I went. And I'm driving down the highway and I'm, I'm probably going about 10, maybe 40 miles per hour over the speed limit. And um, 
all of a sudden, as I'm driving down the highway, there's a police officer that pulls up behind me and he, he turns on his lights and he turns on his sirens to try to pull me over. But because my music was up so loud in the car, I didn't hear the sirens behind me. So I just kept on driving and kept on driving and kept on driving. I led the officer to believe that I was running from him even though I just simply couldn't hear the sirens. And the officer begins to call backup. Now all of a sudden there's two. Now all of a sudden there's three police cars behind me. I look in my mirror, I see the lights. They finally get my attention after driving for about four miles. And I pull over on the side of the road. The next thing I know, my hands are on the hood and they're reading me my rights. This was not a fun thing to explain to my parents, okay? And I was trying to tell them, like, I didn't hear you, I didn't hear you. Like, yeah, right. And what I realized is that my ability to hear was affecting my ability to respond. And I think the same thing is true spiritually. Our ability to hear God affects our ability to respond to God. You know, the Bible says that we are not to live on bread alone. We are to live on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I believe that there is no greater determining factor to our lives than our ability to hear what it is that God is saying to us. I think this is more important than anything else that you have going on. If I wanted to try to figure out where you're gonna be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, I would look at your ability to hear from heaven. How many know it's not based upon your education? It's not based upon your bank account. It's not based on who you know. It's not based on your Enneagram number. It's not based on your personality. It is based on how well do you hear God and obey God. Now let's just be honest for a moment. I know that I will. I'm a pastor. I look back on my own life. I would not have done half of the dumb stuff I've done had I been able to hear from God. Is anybody with me like, man, I wouldn't have taken that job had I heard from God. I wouldn't have moved in with that roommate had I heard from God. I wouldn't have done that business deal had I heard from God. I wouldn't have dated that person, hello somebody, had I been able to hear from God. You know, it's so vital that we begin to tune our ears to what it is that Jesus is trying to accomplish in our life. I remember many years ago, I picked up my son from preschool, and as I picked him up, he got in the car with a big smile on his face, and he was like, Daddy, Daddy, I got five stars at school today. I was like, that's amazing, son. Why did you get five stars? He goes, because I was listening. I said, incredible. What did the teacher say today? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> and I realized it wasn't that he was listening. It was probably that he looked like he was listening. And I've been in church long enough to know that Christians get really good at looking like they're listening. Come on, look at the person on your right and say, he's not talking about you, I promise. He's not talking about you. There's a big difference between listening to the preacher and hearing the voice of God. In fact, one person one time said that it's not real preaching until the audience hears another voice. That's what I love about Chicago Tabernacle. That's what I love about this church is it prioritizes the presence of God and the power of God and the voice of God. 
The heart of this church is not that you would come and hear a man or a woman speak. The heart of this church is that people would flood in here and that they would hear something from heaven and it would alter the entire direction of their life. But how many know sometimes it's hard to hear from God? Sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes it's complicated. Sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray. And the more that we pray, the more quiet it seems to get. But I'm here to encourage you today that God is not looking for smart people. He already knows everything. He's not looking for gifted people. He's not looking for popular people. He's not looking for wealthy people. He is looking for attentive people. This is who he is looking for. And why is this so important? It is because you, sir, you, ma'am, will always live up to the loudest voice in your life. You will always live up to the loudest voice in your life. And I hope that it's not the voice of a mother or a father, although that's important. I hope it's not the voice of a pastor, although that's important. I hope it's not the voice of your boss, although that's important. But you have to make sure that you are prioritizing his words above everybody else's words. I remember reading a study years ago in San Francisco, out in California, where Pastor James, who I'm so grateful, is getting ready to go over there and make a huge difference. But this study was done in this elementary school in San Francisco, and they came in to talk to the principal, and they said, we wanna test out this new curriculum. And they pulled in the 10 best teachers in the school, and they said, you're our 10 best, our 10 brightest. We need you to help us out with this curriculum and this test over the next six months. And we're also gonna pull in the 10 best students in the entire school and have you guys the 10 best teachers teach the 10 best students. So they go over this curriculum for the next six months and the, the students begin to score off the charts. I mean, beyond what anybody had expected and they're blowing everybody's mind. And at the end of the six months, they brought the teachers back into the room and they said, thank you so much for doing this six month study. It was incredible. The results were astounding. The students did so much better than we thought. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But we have a quick uh, confession to make. Uh, those were not the 10 best students in the school. Those were 10 random average students that we selected. All of a sudden, the teachers start to feel pretty good about themselves, like, wow, we're, we're even better than we thought. That was incredible. Then the principal said, I'm sorry, but we have one more confession to make. You're not the 10 best teachers in the school. <laughs> You're just 10 random average teachers that we chose. So they started to look around perplexed, like, wow, if... We're just average teachers teaching average students, then how did we get above average results? And the reality is very simple. When you talk to people as they are, they stay as they are. But when you talk to people for what they could be, they become what they could be. You better make sure that the loudest voice in your life is the voice of God. And if he says you're called, you're called. If he says that you've been chosen, you've been chosen. If he says that you've been forgiven, you are forgiven. Sometimes in your Christian life, you have to reach a point where you say, I don't care what he says. I don't care what she says. I don't care what they say. I care what God says about me. Come on, is anybody grateful for the voice of God? Put your hands together. And this is a powerful Revelation, if you can get this, listen to this amazing verse in John chapter eight, verse 47. It simply says this. It says, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. 
the reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. That's pretty simple, right? This is incredible. This means that if you are here today and you have a relationship with Jesus, you have the right to believe God to say something over you. It's not just for the pastor. It's not just for the preacher. It's not for perfect people. It's not for those that work at church. It's not for those that have their Bible memorized. It says if you have a relationship with Jesus, you belong to God and you have the right to hear what it is that he has to say. That is a powerful thing. I'm curious how many people in here grew up in church. Just lift your hand if you grew up in church. Amazing. How many like were born in the third pew? Like you grew up in church, right? Like you, you've been in church, right? I've been in church for probably about 20 years and I've realized that there's two types of people in church. The first person is the one that's like, I've never heard from God. I don't know if God speaks. Does he speak? I don't know. I've never heard him. Is it an audible voice? I, he speaks to everybody else, but he doesn't speak to me. I've been asking him to speak to me, but he has nothing to say. I just keep praying and nothing, nothing, nothing. I don't know if God speaks. He doesn't speak. I, I don't hear him. And then the second type of person in church is the person that believes God is always speaking. How I many know what I'm talking about, right? These people are like, God woke me up this morning. I looked at my alarm clock, it said 6.33, and I knew that I was supposed to read Matthew chapter six, verse 33, God told me. I didn't know what to wear, so I prayed about it. I opened up the door, I saw a blue shirt and a red shirt. I knew it was the red shirt because of the blood of Jesus. God spoke to me to wear that shirt today. <laughs> Come on, you ever met a weird Christian before? Just be honest, okay? Come on, lift your hand if you've met a weird Christian before. If your hand's not lifted, you might be that person, I'm just saying. <laughs> but listen, I believe that it's actually somewhere in the middle. It's not as extreme as he never speaks and he's always speaking. I believe that whenever God chooses to say something to us, his words have weight and they're sacred moments and they're special moments and this is how God chooses to speak to us, and we see this in the life of Habakkuk. He's going through all of this turmoil in his life, and he's going through all of this difficulty and all of this uncertainty, and he doesn't know what to do, and he doesn't know what's gonna happen. He doesn't know how to lead, and he's overwhelmed, and he's discouraged, and he's disappointed, and he says, you know what? I need right now to get away, to climb up to the top of this watchtower, which we'll talk about later, and he says, I need to hear something from God, you ever been in a point where you're just like, God, I need to hear something from you. I don't wanna just come to church and have my spiritual diet be somebody else's revelation of God. I need my own revelation of God. My, my situation is unique. My situation is specific. I'm walking through something and I need to hear something from God. But remember, he's looking for people that are attentive. He's looking for people that are trustworthy, that can carry whatever it is that he speaks. Because the problem is not that he's not speaking. Oftentimes, it's that we're not listening, okay? I've been married for 12 years now. I mean, listen, it's not 20, but I mean, that's like three Hollywood marriages. It's pretty good, okay? 12. And I remember in the first year of marriage, my wife and I, we were on a date. We were sitting at this restaurant and it was a romantic evening and the candles were lit and the lights were dim and the music was playing and we were staring into each other's eyes and I remember my wife just said to me, she was like, man, you, you have a gift. I was like, Psh, tell me more. 
You know, and she's like, you, you have a gift. You are gifted. And I was like, talk to me. And she goes, you have a gift of selective hearing. <laughs> How many women know what I'm talking about in here, okay? <laughs> selective hearing is when you consciously or subconsciously choose what it is that you want to hear. Not a good habit. You can get away with that in marriage every once in a while. You cannot get away with that in your relationship with God. When he says something to you, we don't have the choice to listen or to not listen, to obey or not to obey. How many know that when God speaks, he expects to be heard and listened to and obeyed? The Bible says don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. That's what we see in the life of Habakkuk. He said, I don't just want to hear something from God. I want to do the thing that God is telling me to do. I remember in the book of Acts, one of the very first sermons that were ever preached by Peter. He preaches, and the Bible says that the people were pricked in their hearts. And at the end of the message, it says that the people began to look at each other. After hearing the sermon, they said, what shall we do? I think it's in Acts chapter 2. What shall we do? Notice at the end of this sermon, there wasn't a song, there wasn't an altar call, there wasn't an offering, there wasn't a prayer. There was a bunch of people standing around saying, what should we do? <laughs> Which tells us that maybe the best sermons don't produce amens, they produce action. That's why as a church, we're always saying, get involved, get connected. Don't just attend a service. Go out to the patio, get involved in summer programming, come out to the prayer meeting because your life was bought by the blood of Christ, not so you could attend a 90 minute service. It's so that you could get involved in the purposes of God. Something incredible. Come on, if you believe that, just encourage some people that are still on a journey today. God has an amazing plan for you. I want to take a moment and just teach for a quick second about this, and then we're going to pray. Is that okay? Because sometimes we can hear messages like this, and we're like, man, it sounds good. I agree, but how, how, how does this work for me? I want to explain just a couple things to you because, you know, God is not confined to one style of speaking. Okay, in the Old Testament, you see him speaking through wind and fire and bushes and prophets and in the New Testament, we see him speaking through the Spirit and people and eventually the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. But that's an important principle for us because God understands the language that he has to use to get your attention. Allow God to be as original with you as he has been with other people. If you're a parent, you will be amazed at how often God will speak to you through your children. If you are married, you'll be amazed at how often God speaks to you through your spouse. It's crazy how similar the Holy Spirit's voice sounds to my wife's voice. God is not confined to one style of speaking, but I believe that there are languages of God. In fact, there was an author by the name of Mark Batterson who wrote this book called Whisper, and he kind of gave some, some language to this that I think is helpful, but I want to just go over a few languages of God, okay? The first one is dreams. Everybody say dreams. Say it like you had a cup of coffee this morning. Say dreams. I believe that God speaks through dreams. And sometimes you're asleep and sometimes you're awake. God has a way of giving you a spiritual glimpse into your future. Sometimes he can just give you a snapshot of where it is that you're headed 
what it is that he has for you. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a place, maybe it's a thing, but I believe that God is in the business of giving dreams. The second language that God will often speak is the language of desires. God will give you desires. The Bible says that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. That does not mean that God gives you every single thing that you want. That means that when you are in right relationship with God, his desires start to become your desires. Has anybody been a Christian and throughout your growth and throughout your journey, you start to see month after month, year after year, your desires start to change? I've been walking with Jesus for almost 20 years and I feel right now, even now my desires are starting to change for different things. But let me just encourage you. If you are passionate about God, you can trust your passions. He's uniquely made you into something. Maybe you're a person who is creative. Maybe you like to organize. Maybe you like to listen to people. Maybe you like to produce. Maybe you like to build things. Maybe you like to talk to people. Maybe you like to do this or do that. God has made you that way and given you unique, specific, supernatural desires so that you can accomplish something that only you can accomplish. God will speak to you through dreams. He will speak to you through desires. In fact, I've heard this often said before that whenever you are facing a situation in life and you don't know what to do and you're trying to make a major life decision, I was once encouraged to pray this prayer every morning. God, I pray that whatever desires are from you, they would grow in my life. And whatever desires are not from you, I pray they would shrink in my life. And I believe that if you pray that with all sincerity, God will do that. And he'll begin to speak to you through desires. The fourth one is this. I believe that God speaks through people. How many have experienced this before? Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a friend. It could even be an unbeliever. How many know that God can use anybody at any time to say something to you? But we have to be open to this. A lot of times God is speaking, but we're not open to what he's saying. We're praying about stuff. He's giving us answers, but we don't like the answers that he's giving. This happens in church all the time. God, I need financial breakthrough. I need financial breakthrough. And God is like, apply for the job. <laughs> Lord, I'm so lonely. I want a spouse. I need a spouse. Lord, I'm so lonely. Send somebody. And God's like, ask her on a date. <laughs> We don't want to hear that because a lot of times we're praying for miracles, but if we're honest, we really want magic. We want God to wave a magic wand from heaven and just do everything for us. But the Bible says that we are co-laborers with Christ, which means we are working with God to determine the outcome of events. He plays his part, we play our part. He plays his part, we play our part. And then we see the miraculous begin to take place. But I believe in God for supernatural. I know. Let him do the super, you do the natural, and then supernatural things begin to happen. This is how it takes place. This is how it takes place. He speaks through dreams and desires. I said people. I forgot one more. He speaks through doors. Let me throw that in there as well. God will open doors and God will close doors in your life. And how many know that when God opens up a door, no man can shut it? And when God shuts a door, no man can open it back up. If God's given you something, pray about it, wait, 
do your part and wait and see what doors open up. If you believe that you have a gift to sing and you've believed that for 45 years and no door has ever opened up for you, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, it might just be meant for you in the shower, okay? <laughs> Dreams, desires, doors, people. And the fifth one is this, God will often speak through the language of pain. I've noticed that sometimes the most painful experience of my life are oftentimes the most revelatory experiences of my life. In fact, I love this verse. I'm just gonna read it to you. It says this in Proverbs 20, 30. It says, painful experiences do wonders to change your life. I'll be honest with you. The last two years of my life have been the most difficult two years of my entire life. There's probably a lot of people that would agree with that sentiment given all that we've been through. But as painful and as difficult as the last two years have been, I can honestly say before you, I feel like I am the spirit, spiritually the strongest I've ever been in my entire life. Because there's something about difficulty that brings you to a point of desperation for God. Where you say, I can't do this anymore. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I need something from God. And the last one is this. God will often speak in the language of promptings. He will prompt you to do something. That's what he does. What do I mean by that? When somebody pops into your head and you start to think about that person, maybe it's not an accident. Maybe God is putting that person on your mind and should text that person or reach out to that person, right? God will just prompt you to do stuff. You need to trust yourself. You need to trust that the Holy Spirit is working on the inside of you. And when you just feel an urge to do something, just do it. God's not gonna let you make a mistake if you're walking with him and the spirit is leading you. He will speak through desires. He will speak through dreams and doors and people and pain and promptings. One thing we can do is we can believe that God will speak to us. The second thing that we should do is don't tell God how to speak to you. How many know that God will speak to you how he wants to speak to you and how he needs to speak to you? And he has a way of getting our attention. I'll never forget this. When I had first moved to Brooklyn, after being there for a little bit, right out of college, I needed a car. And I went to this used car lot in downtown Brooklyn. And how many know that requires prayer, just right there. And I began talking to this salesman, and I ended up buying this old Nissan Maxima. I think it was like a 2008. I was so excited, it was the first car I ever bought. And I get in the car, and I'm driving through Brooklyn by myself, and I notice on the steering wheel of the car, there was a bunch of different buttons. And I was in a season of my life where I probably wasn't as connected to God as I should be. I was fresh out of college. I was trying to figure it out and I wasn't really close with the Lord and kind of falling away from him in some ways. And I see these different buttons on the steering wheel and I see this one button that says voice memos. It's like, oh wow, that's interesting. And I found out that the car allowed you to record your own voice memos. So you push the button, you make a recording, the car saves it, it plays it back to you. I was like, that's incredible. So I'm driving down the street. I'm trying to figure it out, like pushing all the buttons. All of a sudden, I see it pops up on the screen. It says one voice memo. I was like, wow, the, the, the previous owner forgot to delete his voice memos. He left one of the voice memos on there. So just as I'm driving down the street in Brooklyn, I, out of curiosity, I hit play. 
all of a sudden, booming through the car speakers, I kid you not, I hear this voice, and it says, God is the way, the truth, and the life. Accept him into your life, and you shall not perish, but you have eternal life. The car started preaching to me. Come on, how many know that if God wants to speak, he will speak through a car, through a donkey, through a person? Come on, if you believe it in faith, God can get your attention. He can and he will. He can and he will. And if you're here today and say, I want to hear the voice of God, but I don't, I, I, I don't know what I'm listening for. What does his voice sound like? Can I just, once again, just tell you something that's gonna help you. You can jot this down in your phone. You can write this on a little piece of paper. This is gonna help you because God basically has three voices, okay? I'm gonna give them to you very quickly. He has a voice of direction. He has a voice of perfection. And he has a voice of correction. And whenever he's speaking in his voice of direction, this is God guiding you. Whenever it's his voice of perfection, this is God growing you. And whenever it's his voice of correction, this is God challenging you. This is how the Lord works. And let me tell you something. It's not one of these three. It's all three of them working together. You can't choose which voice that you want God to speak to you in because maybe he wants to direct you. Maybe he wants to perfect you. Maybe he wants to correct you, right? I remember this years ago. I was in our apartment in Brooklyn, and my wife and I, we were having a little debate about something. It was a heated discussion. It was an argument, and we were kind of talking back and forth. In my family, we don't call it fighting. We call it intense fellowship. And we were having this intense fellowship. We were kind of going back and forth, and she said something, then I said something, then she said something, then I said something, and I ended up walking out of the apartment. Not because I was mad. I just, I had somewhere to be. And um, I walk out of the apartment, and I find myself in this cafe a few hours later, and I actually had a bunch of work to do, and I was getting ready to fly out in a couple days to preach somewhere. So I get out my Bible and I'm just praying. I'm, oh God, help me prepare this sermon. Just direct me to the right verse to speak from and please Lord. And it's almost as if I felt the Holy Spirit grab me by the back of the neck and said, I'm gonna direct your butt back in that apartment to apologize to your wife. Because here's the deal, you can't get God's voice of direction if you're not willing to listen to his voice of correction. God will speak to you in whatever way that he desires. How is he trying to get your attention today as we just get ready to close and the musicians begin to play? By the way, can we thank God for the worship team? They are amazing the way they lead us. Incredible job. Thank you guys. I remember I was, I was flying recently, not that long ago, and we're about 30,000 feet up in the air. And anybody else ever been on a flight before and you hit a little turbulence, a little bump? You ever notice that as soon as you hit turbulence, all of a sudden, everybody on the plane is a Christian? You ever, you ever notice that? You could be sitting next to a stone-cold atheist. As soon as you hit the bump, oh, Jesus, Jesus, you know? <laughs> And it was one of those one of those flights, and then it, it began to it began to even out, and we were kind of cruising. All of a sudden, I noticed this this older woman sitting across from me, and she had her laptop out, and the screen on the back of the seat was on, and she had uh, ear pods in, and I was just kind of like glancing over at her, and um, I noticed she was doing a bunch of different things at once, and I, I just started to eavesdrop. Basically, I'm just looking at her, and, and I realized all at once this woman is literally scrolling on Facebook, text messaging a friend, listening to music, 
watching a movie and building a website all at the same time. My first thought was, that's impressive. I would hire you. (laughs) My second thought was, man, what a warning to the culture that we live in today that is so full of digital distractions that if we're not careful, we can be connected to everyone all the time and we can begin to lose our connection to God. And sometimes we are accessible to everyone and we're not just available to the one who we need to be available to. And I believe that's the lesson from this message. I believe that's the life of Habakkuk as he climbs up on the top of this watchtower. I just wanna show you this for a minute because I believe it's powerful and I believe it has to do with our lives today. I'm gonna show you a picture of a watchtower back in this ancient culture. And I know you probably haven't seen one of these on Cicero Avenue recently, but in this time, they would put these watchtowers on the outskirts of the city for military purposes. And personnel would climb up to the top of these watchtowers because when they are on top, they would be able to see the enemy coming before he arrives. And you know, I believe that when we are in prayer and when we begin to elevate ourselves spiritually, we can actually see things before they begin to happen. In fact, it was said one time before that prayer is simply this, God whispering the future into your ear. But how attentive are we being for this? You know, I don't know if you're a morning person or a night person, but I remember a while back, you know, I would start waking up in the morning and, you know, I'd get a cup of coffee, kind of get myself oriented. And sometimes I would look at my phone and, oh, 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 there's a text message that came in or, oh, oh let me go on social media really quick. Or, oh my gosh, look at this email. Da, da, da. And, and, and I started to wonder, man, why am, I, why am I starting off my day so frazzled, so overwhelmed? so discouraged already. The day hasn't even begun and I'm feeling this way. And what I realized is every time I begin to pick up my phone before I pick up my Bible in the morning, what I am telling myself is other people's voices are more important than the voice of God. And I had to make a decision and say, I'm gonna stop doing anything else in my life until I hear from God first. Come on, sometimes you reach a point in your life where you're like, you know what? I don't need opinion right now. I don't need the advice of a friend right now. I don't need a podcast right now. I don't need a book right now. I don't need somebody to call me on my cell phone. I need a word from God for my life. Come on, has anybody ever been there before? I need a word of God for my life. Why do you think that Jesus woke up early in the morning? The Bible says we are to present our request to God first thing in the morning and wait in expectation. Why do you think Jesus went on top of the mountain? Why do you think Jesus withdrew from the crowd? It's because he had to hear the voice of his father in order to know what to do. If the son of God, who was perfect and all powerful, needed to hear that voice, how much more do we need to hear it? And that's my encouragement to you as we close and I get ready to pray for you. Maybe you'll hear from God right now this morning in this service. Or maybe you won't, but God is teaching you how to posture your heart and your lifestyle so that this week or next month or this summer season that you're in, God's gonna begin to speak to you in ways that you've never heard him speak before. 
I believe it can happen. I believe actually prophetically right now, I speak over you that there's gonna be certain things in your life that have been confusing for years. They're gonna become clear in an instant. I believe some of you that work in business and work in corporate, I believe that God is gonna give you an idea that no one has thought of before. Those of you that are facing a problem in your family or at work, God is gonna send a supernatural solution into your life. I believe he can do that and he wants to do that if we have the faith for it. Anybody have the faith for it this morning? I got faith for it this morning. I got faith for it this morning. Come on, according to your faith, so be it unto you.